0: sauce comic book podcast my name is paul mcginty with me as always are ian sharply hello and matt cassell hello it is monday night march 9th and tonight we're gonna talk a little dealer's choice not a whole lot of comic book news out in the ether so we're gonna talk a little supergirl costume valiant's huge movie contract may talk what else were we gonna talk
1: about there were some other things. You'll just have to stay tuned for those. Parts. We're just going to... It's called a tease in the business. We're just going to make our way slowly we're through are te- tease. I podcast. like how, how the way we tease, we tease nothing. It's just like, trust us. There's something. Oh, Ian, Don't worry about Ian it. Ian has a story. Ian does have a story that we have been waiting with bated breath since... Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday? Wednesday you, night? Let's you you this
2: all up. You teased that right after we recorded last week. Because I wanted to remind you guys, because I knew that I would forget if I didn't actually say and it. But I don't want to hype it. I don't want to put too I much said, hype
1: on it. F that. Tell us tonight. We want to know. And Ian said, no, no, no. You guys need to wait until next week on the podcast where I reveal all. Now, if that's not hyping it, so I don't know what it is. Sharply
0: behind the music.
2: Don't know if I podcast. did all that dramatic. I just said nah. You know, might as nah. well just.
1: I like nah. I just said nah, <laughs> <laughs> nah. How do you type mean, that in text? What? Uh, it's it's an emoticon. It's like oh. nah. Thought there would be a Y involved. Nah, it's like a N y-, y
2: Y because it with a ch- nah.
0: Nah. nah, Couple a's. Yeah, a couple of those maybe. So why don't we move past the Nyes and get to housekeeping with Ian Sharply? Man, you got a lot of work to do. Housekeeping, best story we've ever heard. Jesus, I think I'm up to
2: it. I think it'll be fine. I'm excited. But if you're I'm really, excited. if you're disappointed with this story that I'm about to tell, then go to the McSauce Facebook page and let me know directly. You can yell at me there. You can post mean pictures on our fan page, or you can post exciting stories. You can post memes. We have some fans posting memes on our Facebook page. Hello, Facebook. The home for all of our sauce goodness is, of course, mixsauce.com. Comics, podcasts, reviews, one-stop shop for your entertainment needs. It's boring at work.
0: Full service. If we were a massage parlor, we'd provide happy endings. Who knows? We're like uh I think we do do that anyway. We're like like we're
1: in podcast form.
2: Podcast Happy Endings. That's ah. what we're advertising here today, ladies and gentlemen.
1: I'm not convinced that that the listeners aren't getting off by the end of these episodes. I think they're that good. You can give us your feedback and tell us how many
2: times you came
1: Right on oh, the mix. say it like that. I Facebook thought we were
2: classier page.
0: than that. We're not. We're like who's on. the alcoholic now? We're not even out of housekeeping.
2: If you can say <laughs> things to us like, "I wish that Ian would start stop drinking so much," or maybe Paul should rein it in, or maybe Matt should get drunker. Tell us these things on the Facebook page. You can also go to iTunes and subscribe right there. You can leave a review. These podcasters are way too drunk you can leave a review like that five stars five stars please you can go to Podomatic download, stream, Stitcher Radio you can also stream on your mobile device and if you go to mcsaucepodcast.libsyn.com you can find all of your favorite long lost episodes that you've been wanting to listen to, maybe you wanted to go back and you wanted to listen to episode 21,
0: Black Money. (laughs) Titles. (laughs) My favorite kind of money.
2: Maybe you wanted to listen to episode 17, Surprise Video Games. You would go to mcsaucepodcast.libson.com and you can find all the classic episodes right there.
0: So... So now that, now that we're wrapping housekeeping, right. we waited a week with bated breath for Ian to tell us right. some mysterious story. I don't even know what it's about. Right, right. I don't know where it takes place, who's involved. Right. Ian, go.
2: Well, fans of the show, last week we did a whole segment, probably about 20 minutes, on Home Invasion. Solid 20 minutes. It was a good amount of... Home Invading. Home Invading, podcast time... We do this podcast
1: mm, at, in
2: the evening, in the evening hours, go home around 10, 10.30, stay up a
0: little bit. I usually go to bed around maybe midnight, somewhere around there. I wouldn't say it's a lie that we've sufficiently creeped ourselves out after
1: a podcast. It's happened on more than one occasion over the course of 94 episodes. I said that more like Lando and not yeah. Ben Kenobi. Yeah, you were
0: going to get some strange
1: <laughs> ninety four, cold forty
0: five. So there you go. So,
2: had a big conversation about home invasion on Monday night. Tuesday night, I'm I'm up. I'm watching TV. I had a conversation with my wife about what we talked about on the podcast. I'm watching the news. The news is all just horrible stuff. It's all people getting murdered, little old ladies getting robbed in the streets, and of course, right before I go to bed, Home Invasion, timeless classic, in in Forest Hills, which those of you who know this area, it's very close to where I live. It's like the uh, town adjacent to where I live. So that's the last thing that I see as I'm going to bed, and I've... I had a long day on Tuesday. I was up running around, long commute, work, gym, all kinds of stuff. Very tired. Any alcohol? No alcohol that day. I think that's my one alcohol-free day. <laughs> I lay down, get the get my my two dogs all settled. My wife's passed out. I lay down, I close my. I lay as if I'm Dracula on my bed with my arms crossed over my chest ready for slumber, and I pass, I doze off, and I, I was only asleep for five minutes where I thought I heard something creaking, and I opened my eyes, and right in front of my face, I swore that I saw, I can only describe it like this, it was a Navajo Indian mummy vampire vampire that's what I saw right in my face. And I freaked the fuck out, jumped out of my bed. There's a box fan sitting close to our bed. I kicked the <laughs> box fan down. I flicked the lights on and I looked around and the Navajo Indian mummy vampire was not there because it was just a figment of my imagination. Wait.
1: So, last episode, you said that your move is to grab that that thing, of that jar of money. Right, right. You didn't do that at all. I didn't do that. You just didn't kicked do a fan that. over. That I was your defense. Up I Turn I, the lights on and kick a fan.
2: I kicked the fan. I think I might have even said, what the fuck? And I did all this and I <laughs> flicked the lights on and I look over and my dogs and my wife are, are sitting up, but only kind of startled because I must not have been as vicious as I thought I was with all my kicking and flailing. And they're like, what's happening? And I was just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then, I had, <laughs> and then I had to explain what I saw. It was clear as day, right in my face. In the bedroom. Right in my face. Right hovering over me. Like, w- was
1: he there to get you? I think so. He was as close <laughs> as we are, Matt. That's close. I you know. Listeners, so, Ian and I are... Basically, I'm sitting on his lap for the podcast. So last week
0: you detailed how if there were a home invader, you would bash them over the head with a giant jar of change.
2: Clearly I was wrong. My reflexes took over. My natural cat-like ninja instincts kicked in. And 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 I just jumped
0: straight at the fan and kicked it over. But if there were a Navajo Indian mummy vampire, you would not have struck it. Probably would have missed it. You would have been dead.
2: Definitely would have been dead. Or I would have been turned into a mummy vampire as well. I'm not even sure why I think that it was a vampire. It was definitely Navajo Indian.
0: Definitely a mummy.
2: But I'm not sure where like, I'm
0: getting the vampire part like from. Like classic Indian headdress like cigar store Indian? No,
2: no, no, no. Just features. Facial features, I could tell. Indian. Mummy wrappings...
0: And, I, and So, I, no hair, no headdress. No, no. Mommy. Like
2: like a hood, kind of, over top Mom wrapping. It was kind of like the mumbling. ever living. Yeah, there was a hood, but it was faint because it was dark. <laughs> and I feel that it was a vampire. There were no teeth. I couldn't tell. It was so fast. I
0: felt it was there for my blood. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm, a little, I'm a little disappointed you didn't use the jar of change.
1: I am too because you made a big deal. You had such a distinct plan and we just talked about I
2: know, it.
1: I know. I know. It was it was just my first reaction. I did,
2: my, my foot was kind of hanging off the bed. It was loose. I, I, and like I was able to just spring the action by turning a light on. Well, well I mean, it was it was it was Because good. we all good. know how kick.
1: much how much vampires hate lamps.
2: It was a, it was a kick. And it was a flick, and it was because I was going to see where my intruder was, and maybe karate chop. No,
1: I feel like your all of karate your limbs jump. went flailing in different directions all at once. Ah! Every every one of your appendages went in a different direction, doing something else.
2: It was harrowing. It I makes very... me want
1: to like sneak up on you and scare you and nice. see how you'll react.
0: Well, like that's a pretty vivid.
1: I can vision.
0: I can, You weren't really dreaming at th- that point. I can. I could draw it. What?
2: That's. I probably will actually to detail what I saw because it was clear as fucking day. Scared the shit out of me, and then afterwards, after I'm laying in bed, disappointed <coughs> hum- in yourself, humiliated <laughs> at my reaction. I was like, oh no. This is what I get for talking about Home and Baby. So,
0: creepy podcast, plus stressful day next, results in Navajo Indian mummy vampire. I
2: don't even know where the Navajo Indian mummy parked up, because I'm always kind of afraid of vampires. But, like, mummies, I always thought mummies were kind of cool.
1: Navajo yeah. Indians are awesome, so.
0: You gotta be punk if you get caught by a mummy. <laughs> it's like being caught by a, st- a regular zombie. Should never happen.
1: Exactly. I agree with that. Mummy might be worse, because I think they're even slower. Yeah, I don't I'm I'm thinking of Monster Squad, that mummy. Yeah. What, what looks... are that mummy's classic,
2: classic mummy? What are that classic mummy's powers? Mummy. What
0: that mummy powers. <laughs> powers? What does that mummy powers. do? <laughs> yeah, what un- what I... is the point of the mummy? They unravel him
1: and it's over. Yeah. He seems like not a mummy. He's monster. just a skull. He, he seems... gets unraveled and he is yeah, nothing he's but dust. a skull. Yeah. Dust. Dust in a skull. He seems like a chump.
0: If you can just unravel them, That's what I should have done! I, I should have jumped and unraveled I don't think the classic universal mummy does anything or has superpowers. I think he just creeps. Yeah. And he gets in on you, and then he, like, gets Legally. you from behind. Like, whoa, whoa, he has, whoa, whoa <laughs> <wait>. What? does <What? laughs> he, what is he do? with you? Yeah. Yeah? He creeps on you. That mummy cock. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> m- mummy dick. It's all dusty.
1: <laughs> it says, who's your mummy? No. Aww. Because, like...
0: No, you're... Leave. You're cut off. You're done. I'm on my
1: first one here.
2: So, Second one. the mummy, you could kill Universal Monsters' mummy. Frankenstein, I feel like you, you could get away from him pretty easily. He yeah, was kind of great. I, I can't see him sprinting. Like, he got that little girl, but she. But if he gets you, that's it. Because he's got claws he's got, of steel. Yeah, I mean, he's got Frankenstein strength. Yeah. Agreed. So, you can outrun Frankenstein, though. And
0: probably outthink
2: him, because he's stupid. right? Yeah, just don't get within his... He has
0: a
1: long reach. Right.
0: And fire, too, right? Wolfman and Dracula are going to get you. You've got no chance.
1: Have either of you guys seen the Wolfman movie with, um, uh, what is it, Benicio Benicio Del del Toro? Toro. I have not seen it, but I just recently saw the scene, I think it was on YouTube, where he turns into the the wolf. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, during, like, some kind of, you know... Full moon? Like, 19th century kind of, like, class session where he's all chained up and he starts to turn. Wow, did that look good. Shades of uh, American Werewolf in London.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen that, the newer
1: yeah. one. Which, at this point, is probably, like, going on ten years, at this, which is kind of crazy, but... Are it, we werewolf fans? Can we point to... Well, werewolves uh, definitive are... Definitive werewolf right. besides... Yeah, werewolves are cool, except they've been made to kind of suck lately because of Twilight, right? Well, vampires they did are the same thing
0: with vampires, but you can discount the Twilight mythology and focus on the classic monster. I
1: always feel
2: like werewolves in Twilight get a better shake than vampires in Twilight do. The werewolves are still pretty threatening and menacing in Twilight
0: when they change form. Yeah, the the yeah, that's fair. In that mythology, the vampires get knocked down quite a few pegs.
1: True. Although, well, you mean in the classic in sense, slightly. Yeah, compared to the classic
0: Dracula. Vampire. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, I guess there's many different like levels because, like, some like if you think of um, vampires from other things. Like, From Dusk Till Dawn. You're, you guys ever see that? The Quentin Tarantino joint? Yeah. Um, actually, yeah. Tarantino Robert, directed, Robert Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez directed, directed, it, directed it. Tarantino, Tarantino wrote, wrote it and was in it. Right. Okay. So, the vampires in that were kind of sissies, weren't they? Like they, they, they weren't were, sissies. They, went they down wrote,
2: easy. Yeah, they were vicious. And they'll rip your head off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were cut, yeah they just exploded every time they yeah. I feel
1: like that movie was so nuts I love that movie it, it, it was ruined for me thanks a lot tony my brother ruined it he told me oh, Enemy no, so of good. the
2: podcast
1: it was so good because halfway through people this is a spoiler halfway through vampires just show up and you don't see it coming at all Because up until then, it's, like, this crazy crime movie, and with, like, a really sick sense of humor throughout, and I don't know what—I just feel like that kind of thing isn't made today. Like, it's just so fucking crazy with that—that's the kind of thing you would see, like, some kind of indie movie would take a big chance like that by completely changing the movie tone— like, right at the midpoint of the movie. I agree. But I saw that in the theater. Like, I, I can remember the, the um, like, the the slogan for it. And Paul and I love reading movie slogans. We used to, we had a red box machine at work, and we would go up to the red box, and we would just look at, like the little thumbnails of the movie posters, and we would just read the tagline on it. And they were they, never good. They were never good. They were always laughably bad. And I think we just read them all out loud because they're so funny to say. But anyway, the one for From Dusk Till Dawn was, um, I think it was Vampires, No Interviews, because it was like right around the time of Interview yeah. with a Vampire. Which, by the way, pretty good movie in its own right, from what I remember.
0: I don't remember a movie with a vampire. I don't think I've ever seen it. Really? I think...
1: Sure. People were to watching Cruise party. Tom or, Cruise and Brad Pitt? Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt Antonio Banderas and, is in that as yeah, well as that's a vampire. right. Sexy and, cast. And then you have um, Krista, Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst, Dunst in her first role, I believe. Yeah, I guess so. I always think she's in Bram Stoker's.
0: No, that's Winona no. Ryder. Yeah. And Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Keanu
2: Reeves, Gary Oldman... But interview with a vampire, I think people got upset with that because they had a different it, it kind of ties back into the adapting things for the screen that we talked about last week, where people had this idea of who what Lestat the vampire was, and it wasn't America's sweetheart Tom Cruise. Right. It was something something else, something taller, something darker, more brooding. I don't know. But from what I remember, that movie was good. I like Tom Cruise in almost everything that I've seen him in. I like Brad Pitt in a whole bunch of stuff that I've seen him in as well. That movie was good for me. I never read the book, though, so maybe I would be completely upset with it. What, what book? Interview. Is that
1: you know, Anne Rice?
2: Vampire. Yeah.
1: Did, she, wrote, she wrote some other vampire stuff. Is That's like Anne Rice thing. or Anne Rule? Anne Rice. It's Anne Rule writes the true crime stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Ann, I, maybe Anne Rule is a, it doesn't even exist.
2: I don't know who Anne Rule would be.
1: Huh. I, guess, I guess. But they weren't
0: pretty boy vampires in that they they killed some people. Yeah. They tricked some folks. I and, guess there's yeah. an established continuity of vampires being pretty. Well, like, I, I don't think like I don't think Edward Cullen being a pretty vampire. I think that's just a modern. A modern take on like Lestat, who looks like a chick.
2: Well, even Dracula seduced people, and you right,
0: could, but he was but he was never pretty. I mean, wasn't he, he just looked like a count?
1: Well, Paul, you read the original Dracula yeah. in the novel. It wasn't really filled with like sex and and things no, like that. Not at like all. it, that was something that came later, where they sort of in, like shoehorned in that. Dracula in. isn't. Sexy,
0: right? He's old. He looks like Gary Oldman in
2: the Ooh, movie. So creepy. Yeah, super but he does old, have big white hair. But he yeah. does have his female vampires, and there is some of that stuff, isn't there? Yeah, doesn't he have sex mm-hmm. with? Them? He has like a gangbang with those chicks, right?
0: No, no, I mean, <laughs> we sure. Maybe that was a different vampire it was a movie, different vampire or just movie. different movie that I watched. Yeah, there's no gangbang and are sober, you Jackal. sure? Yeah, they come after. Keanu Reeves. Uh, yeah, they come after what's his name, Harker? Will Will Harper? Something like that. They come after him, but they never—they don't blow him. They don't blow him. They oh. don't, certainly don't let him have sex with him. Oh, but they that's a him.
2: disappointment.
0: Yeah, I know. Turn you totally one eighty from the book now.
2: Hmm.
0: I'm sure there's a version out of there out there for you with dirty vampire sex.
2: Yeah, I always thought that vampires and. Seduction went hand in hand. Maybe that's a Bella Lugosi kind of thing because he was a.
1: I don't know where that originated. Well,
2: they...
0: This maybe he's always had like the hypnotic thing going on. And what would you do if you could hypnotize people? Bone them?
1: Fuck yeah. I mean, no, Ian. What What is your favorite vampire thing ever? Ever. Yeah. I sure do like The Lost Boys, I can tell you. Oh, that. that's a good one. Lost Boys is pretty diesel. Lost yeah, Boys is really good. Is that your pick then? Mm, from Dust Dawn's a lot
2: of fun. I'm trying to I'm trying to think. Blade.
1: Blade's. The original Blade
2: has some pretty awesome vampires. Yeah. Vampires are are really cool monsters. A lot of people I'm, like I, Buffy. Yeah, I don't know. I've never really gotten into Buffy, all that. I much. never did either, but it's popular. Uh, Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay,
1: so lot you name you name many. What I have named favorite? many.
2: Lots of choices. I I can't name. I, I really like all the stuff that happened in the Blade movies. Those vampires are
1: menacing, creepy, and and you get you get the daywalker, half
2: vampire, Thank half human, so many.
1: badass. That is Wesley Snipes at his most badassedness. Yeah, probably. Paul, what's your favorite vampire thing? Um, you can pick Dracula the original if you want. My
0: my favorite vampire thing, not particularly Dracula.
1: Right. It could be
0: Dracula. Um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of like I like the. I like the viciousness in Lost Boys.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I also like the just the evil nature of um, Nosferatu and of Barlow and I've Sayana never and seen Sayana Nosferatu. Like they're just cuz they're monsters. Like mm-hmm. they're not normal people. Like mm-hmm. they're just creatures of the night mm-hmm. and they're just super terrifying.
1: Great kiss song by the way. So I think
0: um, I'm going to go Salem's Lot.
1: Salem's Lot, good pick. Man, everybody's going to give Lost Boys like honorable mention because it deserves it. But I would have to go with Fright Night.
2: The original or the remake? I'll tell you what, that remake
1: is good. Both but good. they really are. Um, the remake is fantastic, but you can't beat... Like Peter Vincent, Vampire Hunter, Late Night Vampire TV Star, it, I just love it. I love that whole scenario. Plus, it's got Marcy Darcy from Married with Children, so it it wins by you know right in your wheelhouse. Right in my wheelhouse. But Lost Boys, honorable mention.
0: Yeah, like I I feel like Lost Boys is a good a good bridge between the monsters that I prefer to see and the vampires assimilating into our culture. Because there's, like, Barlow in Salem's Lot does not assimilate. He is a fucking nightmare all the time. And everyone else that he gets under his power, kind like, they don't even assimilate. I mean, they're holed up in their houses in the basements with the shades drawn and everything all day until they go out to kill.
2: The vampires in...
0: Penny Dreadful
2: are pretty horrific with the skin, the, the hieroglyphic
0: shelf skin. And yeah, and they're similar to, to the Strain vampires, which, which I, are kind of like Zombie Clan, but way scarier Zombie Clan. But, and that's one of the things I liked about the Strain is that they found a way to make zombies interesting by making them like the first stage of turning into a full-fledged vampire. Because now you're fucking scary. Because now you can run, and I can't really hurt you that easy. And now you're legitimately terrifying.
2: Yeah, you won't crumble apart or accidentally walk off a cliff. I just started watching um, The Strain, and I read the I read the comic books that are based on the novels. And it's pretty scary stuff. Maybe that's what sparked up some of this... My night terrors. I
0: I hope you're going
1: to be okay when you go home tonight.
0: I like the first season of The Strain. I think it got beat up a little bit by uh, fanboys. But I don't think it was nearly as bad as everyone makes it out to be.
2: I'm enjoying it so far. I'm only a couple episodes in. I'm blown away by uh, the main actor. (laughs) The wig that they give him because I know him from... Corey Stoll. I know him from House of Cards as a beautiful bald man, yeah. and no. they put this helmet of
0: hair on him, and I'm like, what the hell? Well, I'm, I'm the opposite with him, because the strain was the first thing I've seen him in, and then I saw him in uh, August, Osage County, and I'm like, wait, what? What's the matter with his hair? I, I thought he had shaved it, but no, that's a, that's a, that's a sweet wig. It's a good wig, It's, it's foot, a though. solid wig. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like once you know it's a wig... You can never go back. Like, it was a totally believable for me before yeah. I mean the truth. Yeah. And, uh, Satrakian in the show is really good. Uh, Argus Filch from the Harry Potter series. Can't think of the actor's name at the moment. Remember uh, Filch from Harry Potter?
1: Yeah, but I don't know who that actor is. But anyway, so since there's no possible reasonable segue to go from vampires to supergirl i'm just gonna go to supergirl they recently revealed the new supergirl costume for the new tv show that will be premiering on sometime this fall sometime this fall on cbs could you pour that a little louder there sharply
0: let's take note for who poured his like a church mouse the drunk guy that's true I didn't think it was going to be It that
1: sounded loud. like Ian was trying to piss into his glass from across the <laughs> room.
2: I didn't think it was going to be that loud. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, fans. Continue.
1: CBS's S's Supergirl. CBS is Supergirl. So Supergirl has a look. What's the actress's name there, Paul? Melissa Benoit. Melissa Benoit. That's B-E-N-O-I-S-T. O-I-S-T. Is that really
2: Benoit? Yeah. I pronounce that. Benoist,
0: <laughs> yes.
1: I know that we know that you do. You didn't even have to tell us that, and we knew that's how you pronounced it. Benoit isn't typically spelled that way, is it? I don't believe so.
2: Okay, so I'm not a big dummy for things. No, it is. That would be.
1: It is like the, <laughs> the wrestler, right? Benoist.
2: Yeah, but Benoit doesn't. There's no. Yeah, there's, there's no, no,
1: no accent, S in Benoit. 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 Oh, okay. Maybe you're right. Don't, Ian. Don't line up
0: your dead soldiers with mine. Don't what? make it look like I had more than. Matt wants me to have tonight.
1: So, anyway, Must um, have been Mal- Supergirl. How do we feel about this costume that they've revealed? There are, what, a couple shots of her standing very heroically, uh, you know, in a pose that I feel personifies truth, justice, and the American way. Her hands... Are in clenched fists on her hip bones as she uh, longingly stares off into the horizon. Um, I don't know exactly what she's looking at, but she she is. Um, Paul, what are your thoughts?
0: I don't. I don't know how you don't like this costume. Wow! I don't know how anyone perfect costume. This costume. Uh, There's. Really, nothing wrong with it, unless you're gonna nitpick stuff. Uh, our good buddy Justin, who's been on the show, I let him know today he was being a little harsh. He was ready to just beat this thing into the ground. But and what were Justin's criticisms of this costume? Um, he didn't. He wanted the logo, the S logo, to be filled in with yellow, like like it normally is, and he doesn't think she's pretty. <laughs> So it's more to be of an assault on the actress's physical well, attributes
2: than anything else but
0: I I'd I say well what do you what do you want it to look like? It looks like supergirl's outfit like that's what Supergirl looks like. if you're gonna translate that comic book costume to a live action, this is what it, what it's gonna look like. Would I prefer the blue the blue to be a little bit brighter same with the red yeah. But that's not going to happen. That's, and also, it's not even really yellow. It's... That's not going to happen with desaturated DC these days. We're going to get dark colors.
1: So the D and DC stands for desaturated, desaturated, exactly. desaturated color, desaturated, oh, desaturated shit. costumes.
0: You redeemed yourself for that. I'm your mommy joke earlier. Thank you. Well done, Matt. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I, like there's nothing to be pissed about in this. With this costume. This yeah, I mean, isn't the most looks- flattering picture of her. I don't... I think that... Do you have you it out? I'm trying to buried. find it here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys are being yeah. real harsh with this. I mean... Whoa, this- whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Hold, on. Hold on a second. What? Who's being harsh? First of all... Justin and, and you. Wait. No, you, you mean Justin. Because I'm all
1: into this. He said that he doesn't understand how anyone could have a problem with it.
2: But then he also said, I don't think this is the most flattering picture which I don't see a real problem with it. Look
1: at, Still.
0: just Google image her, and then you'll be like, "Oh yeah, she, okay. this isn't the best picture of her." I've seen her quite a bit. Like she's super pretty. I'm glad they made her blonde. I mean, she looks good. She looks like the Supergirl I want to see. Like I think some people may want a little more sex pot, Ooh. a little sex symbol for the. So super you're telling, girl. you're trying to tell our
2: audience who has been here for 95 episodes that you don't want. A sex pot.
0: Not out of my Supergirl. Like, I want my Supergirl to be an unassuming, late-teens girl. Like, you want to make Power Girl or Catwoman super sexy. Yeah! uh, Black Widow, knock herself out. But, like, I think Supergirl ought to be a little reserved. She's essentially a female Superman. He's reserved. He's not going to go around showing
1: Superman. Well, I mean, yeah, this costume... Is reserved. I mean, she has stockings on, yeah, and she's not big. She's, she's not she's showing not breasts, any skin. No
0: huge cleavage. She's
1: not super sexy. I like it. I'm all in. I like all it in. too. I, I do too. I think it's a more conservative version of the current comic book look.
0: Yeah, because the current comic book doesn't have a skirt. It just has no, panties it- shaped in the S shield.
1: No, it had... Didn't it have a skirt? No, the
0: new 52 version does not have a skirt. I could have. seen it also has. It, it also has these weird cutout shapes around the knees that come up to the thighs. Right, I remember weird, that. would design choice. I would
1: not have hated if they had done that.
0: I don't... I, I think practically in real life that just would not work. But, I'm like, it, it looks good. Like, if someone can give me a valid reason why this is not a good costume other than there's not enough gold in the logo, sorry, Justin, <laughs> then uh, then let me know. I'm curious. I mean, you
2: take one look, it's the huh. iconic costume that we're pretty familiar with. There's nothing wrong with this. It's To me, it's almost the same reaction when they showed the Wonder Wo- Woman costume. I looked at it, and I said, that's Wonder Woman.
0: Yeah. End of conversation. Are we at the point where we expect fan outrage? even when there is none. Do we need to manufacture outrage?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I really struggle seeing how... Like, I could see, like you, Paul, eh, maybe change a thing or two, but, like, to be upset by it, th- that's crazy to me. This it's is a good, good costume. It's a good costume. If this was a an A-list character and the costume was this faithful of a, of a translation, then... Awesome! That's great.
2: You'd be jumping for joy if the Fantastic Four costume just had like a knocked-out four, but not yeah, enough yeah, white in air and bare chest underneath. Well, you'd probably be into that too.
0: Uh,
2: Harry, bare chest, not on Sue. On Reed, especially on Sue. Especially on Sue. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think this is sort of like a non-issue. So you know, I'm reading here fan response was positive, much like the Aquaman image. I mean, everybody's pretty much into it, so I don't know. Seems all right to me. But, Matt, I think there's something else that maybe we should bring up. Did we talk about the Valiant Comics announcement?
1: Uh, no, but we're about to. Uh, it's a- Everyone's favorite independent publisher this side of Image Comics, Valiant Comics... Oh, so just we're leaving Dark Horse out? We don't like Dark Horse. They don't have Star Wars anymore. Okay. Dark Horse is dead to me. No, uh, I like Dark Horse. But to me, they've always been exactly what their namesake is. They've been the Dark Horse. Um, when it comes to independent comics, to me, Image has always been... Up here, and Dark Horse has always been a notch below, even with the Star Wars license. But uh, the new player on the scene, what's old is new, or what's new is old, or whatever the old saying is, Paul. I don't, you may know it. Orange is the new black, I think, is the. That's what they're saying about Valiant what's, Comics what's these days. What's old is new again. What's old is new again, and that's what is going on with Valiant Comics. Valiant has just announced. A big movie deal with none other than, Ian, help me out. It's three letters, and there's a D in there. DMG. DMG, which is a Chinese company that are going to produce these valiant movies with... A lot of financial backing. I think what they saw was the success that Marvel is having with these films, and so, realizing that you can't go wrong with a superhero property. So
0: Valiant essentially cut a deal with the guy that cuts my lunch meat. Racist. But
1: uh, do you have Chinese men cutting your lunch meat?
0: I don't mean I don't mean race. I just mean like that's that's the quality of company that's going to be doing this. Like Joe down the street. He's got a camera. He's going to make some Valiant movies.
1: I I don't know who's making them, but this is where the the, the financial backing is coming from. I mean, money's money. So, you know, maybe they're going to use that money to get some quality filmmakers. Mm -hmm. I I would assume they will. Um, The the movies that have been announced... Oh, sorry, go ahead. They uh,
2: contributed to the production of Looper and helped distribute Iron Man 3. Oh, uh, take that off your resume. <laughs> so, I mean, these, um, distribution of non-Chinese films such as Twilight and Knowing. But it doesn't seem like there's any like original content that they produce that they can really point to. A um, co-production of Looper, Iron Man 3, Transcendence.
1: That's sort of
2: a up-and-down lineup of films. I mean, it's a so. resume.
1: It's, it's not like... <laughs> You know, these are the people that are cutting Paul's lunch meat. These are No, no. Nowhere
2: angry. on here do I read, you know, salami cutting or anything like that.
1: Salami slicer.
2: Nothing like that. So they do make movies. So they make movies. Well, they distribute movies.
1: Okay, well. And co-produce. And co-produce. We don't know who's going to direct. We don't know who's going to do the special effects. But we do know they're going to make some movies. And the ones that they're going to make are Bloodshot, Archer and Armstrong. Harbinger, and Shadow Man. I believe those are the four. And there's what one more. What happened to the Valiant X-O titles? Man oh, they are going to do Exo War?
0: What happened to the Valiant titles we were talking about earlier?
1: Well, I said Bloodshot and Exo War, but there apparently are more. But no Turok or Solar? Tur- Turok and Solar are not Valiant properties. They haven't been since the 90s. But aren't they... They're publishing those titles now, though, right? Incorrect. That's uh, published by Dynamite. Those are old gold key characters, and Magnus Robot Fighter is one of them. So, like, back in the 90s, Valiant had gotten the rights to the old gold key characters, and they were making those books, but then they created their own stable of brand new characters, which are these characters that they currently have. Sometime in the 2000s, when they folded, I think in the early 2000s, they folded... They obviously lost the rights to the Gold Key characters. They went to Dark Horse and maybe about five years ago, maybe less. And since then, those Gold Key characters have transitioned over to Dynamite. It's a shame because those Gold Key characters
2: are really... I think a lot of people associate them with Valiant.
1: Well, yeah, they definitely do. I mean, I, you don't associate them with Dark Horse. <laughs> no. Dark Horse had them for, like, a mini series, and and that was it. And they weren't good. Oh, Ninjak. I've heard of that. Well, Ninjak is a, is a Valiant character. So anyway, it appears that Valiant is going to try to take all of these characters that they have, that if you read the Valiant books, they all make up the, the Valiant version of the Avengers, which is called Unity. And the plan, I guess, is to create these individual films, and then hopefully, if they're successful, make their Avengers in Unity. Uh, it's obviously it's a it's a bold proposition. Um, I they're gonna have to be really good movies, otherwise this is not gonna work. To be blunt, it's a lackluster product. We from, all know uh, they're
0: not gonna be good
2: movies from either. from a lackluster studio. I mean, I'm not I'm surprised more than excited. That might speak to the fact that I was never a Valiant fan. Back in the nineties.
1: Much like You mean old- when you said it was a lackluster product, is that what you mean? Yes. Ah. Back in the nineties, you
2: draw the line between Marvel and DC. Well, there was also a line between Image and Valiant, I think. And I was always on the image side of things. Valiant that.
0: has a title called Hardcore. Oh, well then I'm totally in. On Acronym H A R D C O R P S. Hardcore. That sounds like a gay porn if I've ever heard one.
2: Probably is. You'll
0: have to pick that book up. No way. I, they can't even be
1: making it. Valiant, um, Valiant is kind of a cool company because they're a small enough. They have a small enough stable of characters that are generally superhero books that you could literally follow the universe. You don't like. It's not that big of an investment. I mean, granted, if you want to buy other comics, too, now but, you know, it becomes a much more um, expensive proposition. But if you just read Valiant, you could totally follow that entire universe. It's very cohesive and contained, and it, it's cool. Like, Image, as much as we love Image here on the Mixos Sauce Comic Book Podcast... We do. It, it's not a cohesive universe. It's, there's just different books, different... Strokes for different folks at Image Comics, but when Image started, and that's what
0: makes Image so successful these days.
1: When I, yeah, when, these days, but when they started and had their initial success, which you know eclipses anything that they could even imagine these days, um, it was a small superhero-oriented universe with really vibrant characters with big personalities and big art and a lot of excitement. And it's interesting to see how Valiant, even though they went away and they do exist, how they have kind of stayed true to their trajectory. Like, they are basically the same company that they were 20 years ago. Do you feel that's
2: a knock against Image for evolving? Because that's what I think it is. They just evolved. It's not like they disowned who they were or forgot about their roots because they still maintain
1: classic superhero books they just changed. Well they've definitely changed and they've become ten times as big with the amount of titles that they put out um, you know I think that in the in the early to mid 90s their their output was probably like uh, maybe maybe ten times is an exaggeration but they probably put out three to four times more books now than they did then. And I think very few of their new properties are superhero-oriented, so when they do do a superhero thing, I think it's kind of exciting because I think they do superhero stuff well. Look at the Luther Strode comic book, which was a really fun book. It was really cool. Great art, kind of a traditional superhero story, kind of like a Spider-Man in a way, but just with, like... (laughs) The violence and and everything turned up to eleven in it, and I think that's really cool. Uh, I miss them doing superhero books. I'm kind of tired of all the sci-fi and and just kind of weird shit that they put out. Are you, you tired of it? In you a think way, that's yeah, an really.
0: Decision, or do you think that's that's just what they've built for themselves? That people like Grant Morrison and Scott Snyder are saying, "Hey, I have this wacky ass book." Where, where can I, I take Where it? can I take it? And they're like, yeah. Image will let we'll you do it. that. It it feels like, for my day job,
2: I go and I write <laughs> Daredevil. But then when I really want to write something fun, I'm going
0: to write my wacky sci-fi yeah, horror like book at Image if Scott fun Snyder... Because I love that. Or Brian K. Vaughn. We're like, hey, I have this great brand new superhero story. Care if I tell it? They'd be like, yeah, let's go. Like, I don't think Image is saying we're going to steer away from superheroes. We're just going to do this wacky.
2: And they gear. still do stuff like that. Jupiter's Legacy is um is a spin on your classic Justice League. It's not sci-fi? Jupiter's Legacy? No. It's a it's a superhero book. Okay. About and about who writes that? Cuz Quintley does the art. Miller. Yeah. Oh, Mark Millar. Millar. Yeah. It's a it's superhero book back in the 30s. A group of explorers found this alien spaceship on this mountain. Sounding very sci-fi to me. And then they were blessed with superpowers like, you know, fucking Superman and Shazam and all that. But then their children grow up to be bastards and kind of bad people. Yeah. And flip... Flip the the tables on mm-hmm. the older superheroes, and it's it's that kind That's of dynamic. Cool. But so you, it, it is. I mean, they still make superhero comic books.
1: Yeah, but nothing like not to your to satisfaction. Nothing like what it used to be. Like you don't. Yes, Scott Snyder. Do you want it to or, be what look you here, you old
2: man. You
1: no, not exactly.
0: Would you enjoy reading a nineties image book right now? Like, not. Taking the sentimentality out of it and like just I mean just reading a book from that era, you're probably gonna be like ew, ew yikes.
1: Um, no, I, I definitely think there's room for modernization of that era. Um, I don't need a straight up clone of what everybody else is doing these days. I would like them to have some of the sensibilities from the early '90s mixed with a more modern tone and edge. But, Isn't that what Eric Larson's doing on Savage Dragon? No. He's not yeah. Not at all. Isn't he just kind of carrying the no. torch for... Eric Larson's going back in time. He's going closer and closer to the Jack Kirby era of things. Um, yeah, that, that couldn't be further from what he's doing. Hmm. Well, here's the thing. I mean,
2: eventually, there's going to be... And it might be coming in the next couple years. I think that there's going to be a wave of creators that that love and cherish the 90s stuff and didn't necessarily really grow up with it, but they look back at that stuff and say, man, I want to recreate that era because I didn't live through it because I was too young. So let's try, let's, there's all this crime and sci-fi
1: and horror. Let's do superheroes again. And maybe that wave is coming in the next couple of years. That would be cool. And and I hope so. I'm not sure I'd, think that's going to happen, but I I hope so. I think that would be great. I I think what my problem is, and we've I know we've talked about it before, but there just isn't enough new superhero stuff. Like, you have all these big-time, like, creators like your Scott Snyder's and your, um... You hate Scott Snyder tonight, by the way. This is the
2: second
0: time you brought his name up in vain. Oh. Is it? When was the first time? Because I thought I brought Scott Snyder up. I I, I think I was trying to make it a pee-pee.
1: I think I was trying to make my point about, like, Scott Snyder, uh, Hickman, um, uh, Matt Fraction, all these guys who are considered today's, like, premier younger creators. Um, I feel like... Yeah, they have some original ideas, but I feel like usually it's kind of a one-off story that they want to tell. And frankly, it's not really a superhero-oriented thing. Whereas back in the 90s, you had all these guys that were like, you know what? I have these great superhero stories that I want to tell, but I want to tell it with my characters. Like, I feel like... Maybe they don't want to do that because there's a much bigger risk involved because maybe it wouldn't be as successful as if they just incorporated into a Spider-Man or a Superman or a Batman story. But, man, I would love to see these guys be like, okay, I have this brand new character and this is what he's all about. This is the city. Like, create the whole thing and and show me. I think that
2: what you're you're longing for, that's coming. I mean, even more so than back in the 90s whenever – The catalyst of that was, I created all these characters for Marvel or DC, and now I don't own them. Well, now I'm going to go and take my ideas and do it for myself. Mm -hmm. Well, now, those characters from Marvel and DC, they're these big tentpole, tentpole things that, even in the comic books, you can't do very much with them because of restrictions from the editors, the direction that the company wants it to go. You're really restricted with that. I'd imagine that there's a group of creators, young young upcoming artists and writers that are wanting to tell tales, superhero tales, Mm -hmm. that they want complete control of. And you're never, ever, ever going to get that from the big two. So you're going to have to take it somewhere. And where can you do that? You can do it in Image. And I'm sure that those people are out there waiting
0: to do it, even more so than they used to be. I feel like Dark Horse has more of a hmm, this is what we're about. We're not interested in that here. Like, I don't know why Dark Horse hasn't gone the route. Image has, and said, hey, Scott Snyder, you want to do Witches? We'll do that right here. Yeah, Image feels like, whatever you want to
2: do, go ahead and do it. But people just want to do their sci-fi, their
0: horror. And over the last so many years, you know, Vertigo's been a good outlet for that. But Image has been slowly building that up, so now... Big names in the prime of their careers, like Scott Snyder and Grant Morrison, they're able to just go to Image and be like, hey, let's do this. Yeah. So, like, Image has really, you know, opened the door for anyone to come in now. And, and, and I, I don't know why Dark Horse isn't doing that, because they're a, big enough, they're a big enough company to let people be able to do what they want. But they're like, you know what, we're just going to do Hellboy and some of this little other stuff, and. uh...
1: I don't know if it comes down to reputation or maybe Dark Horse takes a bigger piece of the pie. I don't know. I know Image from day one has been all about the creator owned nature of the business and to this day I still think that that's, you know, their 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 number one aspect. So maybe the, maybe it just comes down to like how hands-off they are when it comes to this stuff.
2: And, and you mentioned it right there, it's the, it's the creator. It's up to these people to take it upon themselves to say, this is the story that I want to tell. Right. But,
1: like, I mean, look, what's the most successful thing in Image? It, Walking the, Dead. Right. Um, and you have Robert Kirkman, who, like, has made a name for himself by making a creator-owned book that is fantastic. It. it it's it doesn't have to be at Marvel, it doesn't have to be at DC. You can have a creator owned book in twenty fifteen that is just as good or better than the big two can put out. And um I just where are the other guys? Why why isn't there somebody else following and saying, Okay, you like the Walking Dead? Well I have an idea that is even better than The Walking it's Dead It's called Saga. It's there. There are great ideas there. Okay, so you have Saga, but I bet
2: you any money. Don't you think that Saga eventually? Okay, rewind. Hypothetically, I bet you, (laughs) and I can't even say. Don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) I've been trapped. I think that there you go. There you go. (laughs) Saga will be a TV series or movie. Some kind of live action
0: HBO, version. right?
1: It's got to be HBO. I don't. That's what you think. I don't know what I you think. I
0: don't know. I think I think Saga is the modern day unfilmable. Really? Yeah. Really? It's so fucking nuts. You it's said so, that
1: about Preacher.
0: You don't think that? I don't. No, I don't think I said Preacher was unfilmable because there's like Preacher. All, well, it, it all happens on Earth. It's all humans. Okay. Like, well, what's unfilmable
2: about? I know that there's some. There's brutal sex stuff, it's super violent. But HBO, just like Matt said. Yeah. That's what he thought. I
0: don't
2: that's what Ian thought all I right. was
0: gonna think. I suppose it can be filmable. Technically, you can do it. But I don't think you could do it nearly the justice that it needs done because it's so huge. The scope of it is so big. All the different characters like all Game the, of the Thrones. different aliens. Everyone's human on Game of Thrones. Throw a different piece of yak fur on this guy and he's a different character. Yak fur, yak Throw a different beard on this guy, new character. But look at all the different kinds of aliens in Saga. Plus you all do a dairy world. All the different locations. Like plus all the graphic violence and sex. Like I think it's too It's it's probably not unfilmable. You can't cram it all into one season. But if you tell it long form
2: on a platform like HBO, I think you could get away with telling a lot of it. I
0: I also think it's too wacky. It might be too wacky. It's it's fucked. Saga's nuts. It's nutso.
2: Give it a couple more years.
0: That's the biggest. Some more rabid fan following and the constant
2: need for these channels like Netflix, Cinemax,
1: HBO to provide cutting edge content that already has a fan base. HBO, I read recently, is going to be going to an a la carte thing. Like Netflix, yeah, fifteen bucks a month or something like that, which seems pretty fucking steep. But then again, isn't it like twelve bucks a month extra for it on top of your cable? I
0: uh, I, don't, uh, I don't I don't know really I know borrow what my the, parents the, what the are. <laughs> Yeah I suppose Saga could be filmable but I think it's too big and it's definitely too weird I mean I think if someone took a chance on Saga right now you would like, people would just be turned the general public Yeah it has a big comic book following
2: Well that's why it
0: said Five Years so From Now So does Green Lantern and the general and the comic book following didn't help that be good. I mean, the general public that watches this stuff is not going to be in the saga. Saga is
1: crazy. But isn't it crazy good? It's crazy good from a comic fan perspective. Really, you don't feel like that story transcends the comic book fan? Like, you don't think everyone no I think
0: the themes, the themes do are yeah, the universal through all of The weirdness, weird. getting yeah, getting through the weirdness okay. and the strangeness of it is too much to just be able to focus on the theme and lots of that.
1: I don't know. Well, M- I maybe mean, you're not giving people enough credit.
2: I mean, you're talking about the different aliens,
1: think and people would really be into that. Thing? Well, I mean, like if people can't even kind of get their brain around Constantine, well, if there are universal themes at the heart of it, then people can probably get through to that core. I mean, at the time, so many people thought, there's no way people can relate to Star Wars. It's fucking weird robots and furry beasts, and nobody thought that could be a success. 35 different studios passed on it before 20th Century Fox said, all right, we'll we'll put it out. I don't know what's going on here, but we'll put it out. I don't think people will get it.
2: And you're talking about all these alien races. Sure, there are a lot of aliens there, but Alana and Marco slapped some wings on somebody, put... Some horns, and you got your alien race. I mean, it's not, and I don't think it would take people that far out to see somebody with wings that are hidden half the time and some horns. I think people would go along with it. And you said yourself the themes
0: are pretty strong, the message yeah, is but pretty like, I clear. Think the weirdness on top is just Maybe. too weird. I mean, it could I mean, it just, could it's be. It's I mean they
2: haven't made it yet, so. But I, I also think that it's, isn't it? People look at it and they say, "Oh, this is a great space opera, and this is these are the things that Star Wars sh- should kind of be like." And and if if they made it now, this is what Star Wars would be. It would be
0: saga. Is, you, that, what, is that what they're saying? Some people say that. Who oh, fucks you?
1: Say that. <laughs> I say that. <laughs> Don't you think that most <laughs> yeah, people would say? that Matt,
0: Matt makes a good. Matt makes a good point with you know the furry animals and the robots, but at the core, you have three humans, three clearly defined personality types. So if you, you know, look at Marco and Alana like that. Sure. But... I mean, they're human enough. It's not like... Yeah, yeah. It's they not were, like it's Chewbacca. No, no. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they, they totally are. But there's... I, I don't know. It's, there's just so much weirdness in Saga. It's so... It's so bright. Like, you don't meet the same alien twice, except for... The landfall people and
2: the the Moonies. Yeah, I mean, but that's a writing thing. You have to pare down an adaptation of anything to make sure that it works within the confines of twelve episodes a season, right? Like, so I'm sure you give it to the right I, screenwriter. make yeah,
0: you guys, you guys are making a great argument for it. Thank you. But I I can't get in that camp. I just just intrinsically I just think Saga is too weird. To have success right now. The way we want it to. Like, I think... think Maybe if they really stripped everything down, it could could find an audience, but we wouldn't be happy with
1: it. I feel like that first
0: season would be stripped down, but after that... How are you going to fucking do Prince
2: Robot for a whole season? I'm sure that... Just like you do any CG character. Just like you do any kind of non-human character that people will say... They'll never be able to do Groot or Rocket Raccoon and have people 4 for, a, for one feature film and then done for like a 12-episode season. People are more accepting of those type of characters anyway because they
0: see them on screen all the time. Because right. all their yeah. cartoons are I'm not saying they won't accept them as characters. I'm saying, production-wise, they're not going to be able to afford to make them every week. You can just,
2: Prince Robot, you can just slap a TV on somebody's head and be done with it. And there's your entire cast of that alien.
0: Practical application of it. Uh, I I feel like to be effective, Prince Robot would have to be more than just slapping a fake TV on someone's head. Really? Because that's what he is in the book. It is what he is on the book, but he doesn't but he looks like an organic person with a TV on his head. If you slap a fake T V on an actor, it's gonna look like they've got a fake TV on their head. I'm pretty sure I think there's more to it than just And there is a little bit of makeup. Now granted I there is, but that's why we're not in the movies or television production. And you're a hardcore follower of that sci fi show where they do all the makeup stuff. So you probably have a better argument for this than I do. Yeah, I, I don't think, think it's all that hard for... Face Off, Sci-Fi That's Channel. That's all. Face Off, I couldn't think of what it was called. Great show. Matt, how many issues of Saga have you read?
1: Zero. Goose Egg. Really? Goose? Yes. You would like it. I know. I want to read it. As you guys know, I have quite a sense of reading list. Do you think you would? I think Do he I, would I think would? he would He would like it?
0: Yeah. He would love
1: it, yeah. I think
0: he would it, really I think would I would, like too.
1: It looks really good. I, I just need to dedicate myself to it. What what's stopping you? Enlighten me. Uh, I don't know. I, I have a stack of books I got to get to. Like I've got, um, like I haven't even bought the new Princess Leia comic book. I have only read the first Star Wars and the first Darth Vader, so I need to read those two. I'm just behind. Do you have
2: rules? that govern how you read your comic books, or just kind of go with
1: flow? I just kind of go with the flow, That's whatever right. I'm in the mood for at that particular time. Um, with that said, just all this talking about Saga, that very well may be the next thing I read. Who knows, maybe I'll blaze through the first trade um, by you know the next show.
2: You should definitely read Saga. I think that you would like it.
1: I feel like I would. I feel like I would like it on a level that I like The Walking Dead. I feel like it's. it just seems like it's, like, mesmerizingly good. Like, it'll just engross you, and you'll be, like, addicted to are it. You all the all kind of, prob- are you all
0: caught up on Saga, Ian?
1: I'm one issue behind. Are you feeling um, this this current arc?
0: Eh, not really. I'm with you. I'm not really feeling it either. Not really. It's not bad. I'm still enjoying it, but... Not as much as I was the first couple.
2: Yeah. The whole... uh, We won't spoil it for our fans that probably will
0: read the book. If anybody out there... We won't spoil it for Matt by saying things like, don't get attached to Marco. (laughs) If
2: any of the fans out there want to read something really good, pick up the first trade of Saga. I know that you're not all really comic book fans, but... If you want to read something that's interesting, check that out.
1: And if you like that, no connection to it whatsoever. Segway. but But the Valiant universe does have some pretty good comics right now, I will say.
2: Superhero-themed comics. If you had to suggest one book to our lovely listeners from Valiant, what would it be?
1: Um, well, I've only read one issue of uh, Quantum and Woody, but that is a funny comic book. I don't really get it yet, but supposedly it's great, and it's really funny. And then, But the, the regular one that I would recommend is, um, is Bloodshot. I think Bloodshot's a really interesting character that is it reminds me a lot of The Punisher with some extra abilities. Maybe not quite as angry as The Punisher. But kind of pissed. His life is kind of, has been a sham, basically. Bloodshot sounds like such a 90s character. Well, he is. The Punisher, I always like Green Lantern sounds like such a 40s character. (laughs) 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 Oh, Matt. You're fucking
0: awesome. That was good. That was good. Paul's disdain for the 90s is
2: sickening. Yeah, I, he, I loves, it. he loves I music
1: it. from the 90s, which I, I hate. I take him
2: back to the 90s and show him how fun it was to be a comic book reader. I lean
0: toward music from late 90s, early 2000s. Okay.
2: Do you? Because you yeah. like a lot of that, that big, the early, early 90s chunk, too. Ugly Kid Joe, Guns yeah, N' Roses. But, yeah,
0: but Guns N' Roses and Ugly Kid Joe were holdovers from... Late 80s hair metal. Like, early 90s, like the big grunge, Seattle boom and everything. I loved it then. Yeah. Then I was all in. But now I, I can't stand listening to that. Doesn't stuff. hold I mean, up. Not for me. Not like hair metal holds me. up. Hair metal does. I will list. I, I can listen to Molly Cruz Shout at the Devil nonstop and never get tired of it. Best
1: song off that album? Uh, Bastard. That's my favorite. Really? Yeah. I say the title track. That was
0: Bastard, Shout at the Devil, Red Hot. Ooh, Red Hot. To uh, the top. Yeah. We are Red Hot. Honorable mention for God Save the Children of the Beast.
1: I know it's just a novelty track, but... I feel like Ian is really uncomfortable right now. <laughs> I'm just not
2: a... Uh... I'm not a big crew. not a big crew fan. I'm not a big crew guy. Were you know? More I know Bon
1: Jovi is that more your speed? Uh, it's more Weird Al back in that Weird time, Al. yeah. Give well, s- Shadow of the
0: Devils,
1: what? Like eighty
0: two. I mean that's that's back there. I don't uh, think
1: it's that old, is it? Um,
0: uh, so- it's, it's early eighties. Yeah. Talk A4? amongst yourself. 85? four, eighty five. I'm
2: going to say eighty four. I'm going to say eighty six
0: mostly Cruz, shout at the devil, nineteen eighty-three. So we split the difference. Yes, we.
2: Do. Nobody's right here on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast Music Podcast. Yeah, no, I don't like. I don't like any of the '80s hair metal stuff. I don't like any of it. I can appreciate the way that those fucking dudes partied. I love that. Yeah. I love those stories. <laughs> Nikki Sixx dying, like and coming back to life, like all that shit. I love it. Ozzy Osbourne snorting the the row of ants. Didn't he do that? Something I don't crazy know if like that's that. That's
1: true. man. I mean,
2: like those dudes were rock stars. Never be topped. I don't think because people looked at that and were like, "Whoa, you're totally gonna die. We can't do this."
0: That's the kind of excess I can only dream about.
2: Because when I think of what I would do if I was that famous, rich. that's what it would be I would do that like I would be that guy I don't really like that music but I like having a drum kit that goes out over the crowd and flips around and all like that just fucking we're crazy I like that stuff yeah that's that's the lifestyle for me (laughs) but I'm a mid 90's grunge you know uh hip hop person like I That's where my musical foundation is with mid to early, mid-90s grunge, Stone Temple Pilots, Ice Cube, those types of things. I like Ice Cube. It's funny. See, I hate that. (laughs) I fucking hate
1: that. It's a good family, man, you know? Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible.
0: Hey, I love It Was a Good Day. Just as much as any other brother back then. Ice
1: T has stayed pretty hard though, hasn't he? Well, has he? No. 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 He hasn't. Okay. If you see if if you see him
0: in Law and Order, yeah, you're like that dude's Diesel. Yeah. But then you watch him on Ice T and Coco or whatever, and you're like, my man's a bitch. What?
2: The reality, no, the reality show, reality about show about his wife, with his wife with the gigantic butt. Who for a while I found really attractive. But then she fell apart really quick.
1: Her name's Coco.
2: Her name's Coco. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Um, rappers don't seem to be able to hold it, hold it together as long as any kind of rock star. You can take a look at Aerosmith. They still produce things that people like. They're hardcore fans. Well, they don't. Are into- they don't
0: produce things people like, but they're still capable of going out on tour.
1: Yeah, I'm playing the old shit. But I don't
2: yeah. think that like nobody's really, other than my wife, is going to go see LL Cool J if he came touring.
0: Yeah, it's just not going to happen. He's making that NCIS money. That's he the, uh, the, the lip
1: licking tour. Ugh.
0: Oh no. What? Yeah, but rappers just don't have
2: that kind of long. T- I don't. I don't know it's if a, it's. It's like it's the, like a totally
0: different culture.
2: Yeah, I I, I guess because it is. you
0: don't like rappers don't have concert like they do but it's not the same it's not the same i agree you know like I, I i even feel like and i could be totally wrong about this but i feel like you know like rock bands especially back in the 80s and early 90s they put out albums but the way music in general has gone rappers are more like hidden for the singles like you know when was what, what was the last rap album that you bought as a whole album like speaker box yeah i mean maybe and that
2: was that was a double album. What was that? Two thousand two. Yeah, with the love below. Yeah, two thousand and three actually. Alcast doesn't even make albums really anymore. I think that rap groups back in the nineties were able to put together 2003. really solid soul player. <laughs> rap groups in the in the nineties were able to put together solid albums, but every Wu Tang was big on cohesive albums, right? Uh, they had one. 30, Enter the 36 Chambers was a really awesome, solid, from top to bottom, huh? from the first track to the last track. Wu-Tang, 36, Enter the right. 36 right. Chambers. Bone bon, almost was like uh, a two-hit wonder, I want to say. They put out an EP. Thuggish Ruggish Bone was on that EP. For <laughs> the Love of Money, also, on that, featuring Easy. They had six songs on that, really popular. They put out another album, which was good. Two album wonder. and then they completely fell apart. Because you didn't even mention
0: "boom, boom, boom, boom." Oh,
2: Crossroads was on. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I guess I'm giving. I'm not. I'm shortchanging them. They also had First of the Month," which was on. Um, I think is uh, E ninety nine Eternal or something like that, which was their follow up album to "Creeping on a Come Up." <laughs> which had Thuggish Ruggish Bone. But then they fell apart after. They put out, that was right in the middle of all the double albums.
0: Yeah. They put out a
2: double album that was just a piece of shit. So, yeah, I think all bands kind of hit for that single nowadays, don't you? It's not just exclusive to hip-hop or rap. I don't feel like there's rap anymore either. Maybe I'm just too old, but everything feels like it's dance, R, and B. Like, that's what it is. Like, even Kanye West shit yeah, feels I mean, like it's kind of dancey R&B.
0: Well, I think Taylor Swift's latest album was made as an album, as a whole yeah. piece of work, not just for a couple singles. Wasn't it... Doesn't she consider it a concept album or something like that? I haven't read that she thinks it's a concept album, but it it's... It is written as her pop album. So it's... I mean, they took a lot of production departures from all the other stuff. So, you know, in a way, kind of, sort of.
2: Do you feel like you're listening as you grow older and music changes? You're listening to albums changes, or you're just looking for the single, or you're buying more singles just by themselves and not?
0: If I buy singles, it's like old songs that I never got around to buying. But when I buy albums, I still buy full albums, like The Last Panic at the Disco. Bought the full album. When House of Heroes put something out, I'll get the full album.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that my my habits have definitely changed just with how easy it is to buy a single, and I'll hear something or I'll shazam a commercial, be like, I really like this song on this stupid commercial. I'm just going to, I'm going to buy this one song. I, and still, I do that all the time. I still haven't got that latest Weezer album.
1: What does that mean? I'm sorry, what does that mean to Shazam it? Oh,
2: you don't know? Okay. You're so old. I know. There's an application where you just click it. it, Whatever song is playing, it will figure out what that song is for you. It will also pop up the instant purchase, like, do you want to buy this in iTunes? Or if you're watching a TV show and you're listening to the songs in the TV show, it'll say, you're watching... CSI Miami, and these are the songs in order that they were played in this show. No Do you want to buy any of these? So that's what Shazam Holy
1: cow. Is a song. It's
2: not, you're not Billy Batson turned into...
1: You don't say Shazam and the app works no, right now. No, it's not like that. I wish, that's I wish it was though. like
2: that. But yeah, I know that the ease of purchasing... Music has changed the way that I listen to things. And it's tough to sit down and say, I'm going to listen to this whole album. I'm trying to think. I think the last whole album that I bought and really enjoyed is uh, Brody Dally. Does anybody know who that is? Is that a chick? It is a chick. She's the lead singer of The Distillers. She's married to the lead singer of uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, okay. All right. And I bought her album recent, or it was probably in the summertime, and it's a solid album from top to bottom. I really enjoyed it, but I just happened to stumble upon it. It wasn't like something that I that I knew was coming out. It was just something that I heard on Spotify. I liked the one song, and I was like, "Yeah, man, let me let me get more of this. I'll buy this whole album."
0: But there's there's not a lot of that anymore with my music buying. Mm-hmm. Uh, lately. I've been listening to Jimmy World's Damage, and it came out uh, came out a couple years ago. But lately, I've just had it on a loop the entire thing. And I still like when I find an album that I can listen to from start to finish, and I like all of it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it it really doesn't happen all that often anymore. And there's so much stuff like all the all the modern stuff. We're at that age. We're at the tipping point. If we're gonna find the young stuff. We have to search for it. Yeah. If,
2: I feel like if I'm going to find anything, I have to track it down. The only time that I find any new music that I like, I always find out, oh, well, this is, this is the, um, this is a band that was started by a bunch of other band members from bands that I liked before. I don't find any new bands that I really dig. It's always like recycled parts.
1: It's rare those new bands. Usually, like, the new bands are so superficial. Like, their lyrics are kind of like, eh, that's just lame. Uh, It's so rare to find something that's almost like poetry. And, I mean, it's out there, but it's so infrequent. Um, But it's funny to, like, look back at all the stuff that we loved from years ago and if you're being completely honest with yourself, it's pretty shallow stuff, and it's, you know... But we were not shallower so, then, right. you know? We have a more refined
2: musical palette. Do you think that it's just the fact that bands aren't making... Like, we don't, we've don't we seen so much and lived through so much...
1: Oh, that my we don't God, we've res- we seen so much. But we don't respond to that shallow music anymore? Yeah, for sure. I, it's just not geared toward... Dudes in their 30s. But you
0: still respond to the shallow music from when you were shallow.
1: Yes. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, music, though, is such a a cool thing. Like, when you hear a song that you you first heard at whatever point in your life, it, like, instantly transports you to that time in your life. And you're not even necessarily thinking about the song, You're thinking about your life in a lot of ways, and I think that's really fucking cool. Like, movies don't really do that, shows don't do it, but music does. That fucking He-Man theme. There you go. We're whistling He-Man.
0: Matt and I, where where does that take you? Matt was here a good hour before you were here, and the Mm -hmm. whole time we would whistle the He-Man theme together. (laughs) Where does that take you? Just to a good place. Just right. makes me feel good. It just it warms me. It, it's a, a very out. comforting feeling. Mark. Yeah, like it, it. It's not like I can say that takes me back to December of nineteen eighty four in the old living room. Well, but, uh, like, uh, it just, maybe it maybe just makes it me feel good. Even even the bad hey, As soon as I hear that, I'm like, oh man, I feel good. I feel good. I was um. I've been going through the archives of this website called Dinosaur Dracula. And this guy reviews a lot Sounds of Sounds very scary. He does a lot of weird food, like Halloween-themed foods and stuff. But he also does, like, five random action figures. And he's our age, so he does a lot of, like, 80s action figures and stuff like that. And he'll, he'll do stuff and he'll be like, Oh, well, here's the... This is the original Shredder from the first Ninja Turtles run. And just seeing the picture... Of stuff like that. The most visceral toy to this day is when I see the original Optimus Prime. That has an... It has an effect on me. Like, I feel it physically inside my body I was, when I see that toy.
2: You guys were talking about the theme music to He-Man. I instantly thought the the first... Not even the whole Transformers, not even that... But the guitar at the beginning. Yeah. That, like, when wee, I hear wee. that awesome guitar yeah. and you, yeah. and I can see, like, the logos yeah. coming at each other and I'm like, fuck. The Prime and Megatron yeah. are running down the, the
0: cymbals. I'm yeah. like, fuck. Yeah, whenever that guitar hits. I yeah. have that on my iPod and there's, yeah, there's something about that opening guitar lick that's different than the rest of. The theme song. Because it
2: had this, like, real, like, late 70s, early 80s, like, vibe to it. And it just, like, it was
0: something different to me. Yeah, and it's not it's not that it's totally different from the rest of the theme, but something about that noise, the way that it sounds, is, like, it's so, um, transporting. Matt, what do you think?
1: I think we should talk about something else.
0: Nothing, nothing takes no. you back to...
1: Oh, I thought you meant specifically the Transformers. Oh, we know
0: you hate the Transformers, but yeah. certainly you grew up with other
1: things. Well, I mean, the He Man theme, obviously. I think G.I. Joe's got a great theme. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those things take me back. But, like, a lot of, the, for me, music, a lot of, um, when I got into Iron Maiden, uh, that a lot of those songs take me back to very like pinpoint specific times in my life um that i can remember and um you know the talking about them here would be boring as shit but like to me they they mean like the world so it's pretty cool how do we get into to all this
0: surprise music i have no idea <laughs> The McSauce Music Podcast. We're talking about the 90s and what I was doing in the 90s. Well, let me
1: ask you something about music. Paul, what is your favorite album of all time? And you can only pick one. Oh, we and we're coming to you next know, year. No, I know. Right? I already
2: know what it. Is. I know what mine is.
1: Okay. Because we've had this conversation before,
2: and it was a really big, widespread. We asked everybody. Type of conversation. Oh, um, Remember that? And that's the basis. Years ago.
0: Yeah. We it, did, uh, like, top eight albums or something. And that's the basic. You have
2: a framed, um, CDs in your... In yeah. Your, your house, and that,
0: that's where that came from, I thought. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly where it came from. Um, uh, I'd have to pick Matchbox 20's Mad Season. Because it's... Tell, why? It's sad. It's... And it's it's... That band at their best. It's their sophomore album. They got out a lot of sort of superficial stuff out of the way on the first one. The first one, more than uh, yourself or someone like you, it has all the hits on it. What year did it come out? 2000. Um, I think so. Yeah, you're right, 2000. Yeah, 2000. Oh, it was released on my birthday in 2000. There you go. That's um, why it's his favorite. Yeah, the you know the the first one has some some deeper themes on it. I don't mean to call it superficial, but it's it's a novice album as far as being a band is concerned. You can hear the difference from the first one to the second one of what they learned, and it was like going into Mad season, they were like, "Well, this is the kind of album that we want to make. It's not a bunch of disparate songs that they threw together the whole album has a tone to it Mm -hmm. and it's all pretty bummy it's all pretty sad and that's when rob thomas is at his best is when he's fucking sad because during the recording of the third album he met his wife so the third album or during the writing of the third album so the third album isn't nearly as sad it's not as bittersweet. Wasn't she as on the second the, one. She was on the set of. Smooth? Yes. Yeah. So. Sexy and, Senorita? Yes. As much as I love more than you think you are, Mad Season's just. It's a bummer from start to finish. And it's, it's Do you have a particular
1: good. favorite track? Leave. Leave. What's that song about? Um.
0: It's about uh, it's about his his girlfriend leaving, and at some point one of the lyrics is, "I can't believe you'd ever get tired of me," huh. and it's just like it's honest. It's like, "What you're you're done? That, that's, it. That's, that's it. You're, you're out." <laughs> Ugh. I'm not done yet. And that's like the that's the theme of the song. It's just like this honest. Well,
1: fuck. I guess that's it. You're done. It's boring. Yeah. So, is there anything that makes you feel good about that album?
0: No, you no. Learn that's anything? why I love it. Sad makes him feel good. That's the
1: equation. Yeah, he loves sadness. That's why I love it. Charpley. Yeah, there aren't
0: a lot of highlights on that.
1: Sharpley, What what album makes you feel sad and good at the It's, same time? it's funny. Favorite, it,
0: favorite
1: favorite album. Favorite album. Album. The Sauce
0: music podcast. <laughs>
2: the Far Side's b- bizarre ride
1: to the Far Side. The Far Side's Bizarre Ride to the Far Side. The band,
2: Far Side, and the title is Bizarre Ride to the Far Side. What year? 91, 92, I'm going to guess
0: 92. Um, Tell us about it. Ooh, 92. 92. Player with these dates tonight. Look out now.
2: Hip-hop album right in the middle of the cover. It's, It's an awesome cover. Hip-hop album right in the middle of gangster rap, N.W.A., EZ, Dr. Dre, all that over-the-top, gory, street-level kind of stuff. The Far Side came at it, it was a little different, it was silly, it was funny, it was heartfelt. There were a lot of songs on the album about losing girls, or, you know, my favorite... Passing me by, chick just doesn't want anything to do with you. She just keeps passing me by. And I always identified with how fucking silly these dudes were. They didn't take themselves all that serious. They also had, you know, that heartfelt, sad longing. I like longing. And there are some songs Mm -hmm. like Other Fish in the Sea is one on there that is just... It's sad, and I like that stuff. You know, like Paul mentioned, yeah, I that, like that stuff. That emotion really resonates with me. Mm-hmm. So, bizarre ride to the far side is my favorite album. Best track, best. Of my favorite track is probably uh, "Pass Me By." On the down low is also good. What's "Pass Me By" about? "Pass Me By" is chick just a bunch of different girls. Just doesn't
0: they don't they don't care. Do all the stuff. And they just keep passing you by. Hmm. That's why I like Jimmy World's Damage because it's about like Jimmy Jim Atkins said he wrote it from the perspective his, of an adult breakup, like being in your thirties and having to go through this legitimate split up, and it's just a fucking bummer.
2: There's stuff on Weezer blue album that makes me feel that way. Yeah. Only only in dreams makes Blue's me feel. Blue's pretty right. light. Uh, only in dreams makes me. It's it's, kinda, it's, it's kind of long. It's There's bummer. some longing. Yeah. It's like compared to Pinkerton, which oh, is just sad, sad
1: fucking out. depressing.
0: <laughs> Love Pinkerton,
1: Matt. What's your favorite album? I don't know. I've been debating with myself. You dirty motherfucker! You <laughs> the made the us do this the entire time. Okay, so I got two. But yeah, I'm yeah you can name,
2: go ahead and name two because we kind of named two. I would say my second favorite is the Blue Album. What's your second favorite? Oh, I don't know. Okay.
1: Matt, you have, <laughs> you have two? Uh, probably Iced Earth's The Glorious Burden. Came out, in, I think it was 2004, January of 2004. Um, it Iced Earth is a heavy metal band that plays a lot of, like, darker-type themes, like a lot of, like, heaven and hell and... Uh, like, demons and kind of, like, just you dark really things. love that stuff. But this particular album was a, a big departure, and they, it's not a concept album, but it's, like, a themed album, and it's about military history, which, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's got to be heavy, it's got to be about demons and the hell and the devil and stuff, but war's pretty heavy, right? So, um, so each song essentially represents, like, a famous battle or a famous war or an event in history, and, um...
0: Doesn't the Ripper sing on this album?
1: Yeah, Tim Ripper Owen sings on it, and it, it was his it's first... his own house, uh, uh singer... Yeah.
0: Our own tie to metal fame.
1: Um this was before I ever knew the Ripper. Um he I was a big fan of his when he was singing in Judas Priest and um I was already an iced earth fan. And then I I always felt like iced earth was like just a notch below like iron maiden and judas priest because as much as i liked their singer matt barlow fantastic singer i just felt like he didn't quite have the the full like tool set to be like to elevate that band to that elite heavy metal status And, I mean, really distinct voice. Kind of sounds like Paul Stanley from Kiss, if you, like, picture that. But, like, a little bit more of a baritone and, like, maybe a little bit, I don't know, more aggressive. But generally that, like, good rock voice. But not the range that I think you need for those songs. So Ripper got fired from Judas Priest because... um, the original singer came back and then I read that he was he was doing he was the new vocalist in Iced Earth I was like oh my god that's gonna be so cool like it it just sounds like a perfect fit and then an EP came out with just like um I think three songs were on it came out probably about four months before the album, I was like, wow, is that good? This is going to be so good. So I couldn't wait for the album, and it came out, and it, it exceeded every expectation that I had. It, it's capped with a, a three-song trilogy at the end. Each song is approximately 10 minutes, so it's about a 30-minute song, and it's called Gettysburg. And each song... As long as the war was. (laughs) Each song represents one day of the three-day battle. And um, all kinds of different dynamics go on throughout. Like, you have slow parts, heavy parts, like, kind of emotional parts. Really cool lyrics if you like to read along with, like, the liner notes. I remember the night that I got it or the day that I got it. First of all... I went over to Media Play. Do you remember Media Play? <laughs> and I went there, and I went at lunch. I guess it was a Tuesday. I think that's that's been new release day for a long time. So it's a Tuesday, and I get it. And I had to drive back from the mall to my, to my job, and I could only listen to, like, three songs before I got back to my job. And I had to wait the rest of the day to devour this CD. But holy shit did I love it. And then... When I got home, I just got out the booklet and read every word as the whole thing played, and I was not to be interrupted. 2004. Yeah, January of 2004. Yeah. Um, and uh, just so many good, like, they, they sing about um, 9-11s on there. That's a really, like, emotional song. They made a music video for that, which is actually a really good video. Um, there's the Gettysburg song. There's a song called Waterloo. Battle of Waterloo, Declaration Day about, like, American Revolution.
0: What's the 9-11 song, When Eagles Cry?
1: Yeah, When the Eagles Eagle Cry. <laughs> um, lots of good stuff. The Red Baron song yeah. is on there. So anyway, yeah, that's probably my favorite. Super honorable mention to Iron Maiden's Power Slave, the album that got me into heavy metal in the first place. Um, the very first song I ever heard on it was "Aces High, which is... Wow, are you seeing a theme here? This is a song about World War II British fighter planes. I thought I was the World War buff. I'll tell you what, you being such a history guy, why are you not checking these albums out?
0: Um, Power Slave, famous cover uh, with the pyramids and the, the sphinx Egyptian on it. Is that
1: Apocalypse? It's... Th- one of my absolute favorite album covers. Although that Iced Earth cover's pretty bitchin' too. With like, Glorious burden. Yeah. Uh, but Powers this is Elena. a little more iconic. It really is. It, it this is. cover's fucking diesel. It's, um... But the first song I ever heard was "Aces High. It goes right into Two Minutes to Midnight. It's like one of the best one-two punches to open an album. And then... The title track, Power Slave, is fantastic, and then following that up for the for the eighth and final uh, uh, track on the album is the 13-plus-minute Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, my all-time favorite heavy metal song. So favorite. He got a tattoo
0: on his entire arm
1: of it. Yeah, it goes all the way from the top. That's not because he likes the
0: pirates, bottom. folks. It's because he likes heavy metal. I thought those were pirate hookers, but now...
2: Now you did you not him, know? I, I'm. St- I knew. I'm. Well,
1: knew. no, I didn't know. You didn't know
2: this was rhyming the ancient mariner. No, I didn't. You well, might have told me at one point when I was like, yeah.
0: Hey. <laughs> well, what did I? What did we open the show with? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I would like to give an honorable mention to House of Heroes: The End Is Not the End, which is a concept album about World War II, That's but cool. they cover a lot more themes than.
1: War. Just the war.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a very introspective uh-huh. album about what it's like living as a horrible person.
1: Sounds interesting.
0: Great album. Ian, right. My honor. No, blue Little album. Blue, blue, blue oh. album is my honorable. Mention. We're gonna have to have a Weezer episode. Matt can sit that sit that one out. We'll, we'll bring in Dom. He'll Dom Weezer, hates Weezer more than more. Matt does. Dom will fight us.
2: So yeah, we'll. This was a good impromptu exhaust music podcast. If you want to hear more of our music taste, hit us up on
0: Facebook or Twitter. Let us at know. Lil Depressed Matt. That's it. That's it. That's it. Thanks for listening tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen, for podcasting with me. It's always a pleasure. I always appreciate it. Thank you for staying sober. Well. I, I promised Matt at the beginning of the show he would I would rein it, it in. Yeah. I it, only had five beers tonight, as opposed to seven.
1: Did you have one earlier?
0: This is all of them. Okay. I took one of these
1: out of the recycle bin. Uh, just to have an accurate count. No, yeah. I you did. You reined it in. Uh, I don't know how you're feeling, but you certainly reined it in. Feel good? I can't imagine.
0: Two beers, two more beers would be that much. Put me that much over. But I feel good. You gentlemen feel good. I hope our listeners feel good because that's why we're here to bring fun and revelry to the masses. My name is Paul McGinty, Ian Sharpley, Matt Casale. We'll see you next time.